The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Aon Arirón is the Labour TD and Education spokesperson for the party. He's with me in studio to talk about the fact that over the last. Five years, about half a billion euro, over half a billion euro of state money has been spent funding private education. It includes last year uh, about 3.6 million euro spent on building for private institutions. Aon, is this a good use of taxpayers' money? No, it isn't. And it's the reason I put down the parliamentary questions. The, the ongoing debate about free paying schools getting state support is one that comes up every now and again and it's one that's slightly complicated because in terms of how the state supports fee-paying schools, we pay for their teachers. We don't pay them capitation. So, which is an individual payment paid, you know, depending on the, on the enrolment of the school. And so the argument has always been from the department's point of view that if you were to withdraw that, you know, around 100 million in salary support, that it would cost the state more in the long run because those schools wouldn't be able to survive They'd have to come into the state system and then the state would have to pay not just for salaries, but also for capitation and, of course, all the building costs. So what I did do, though, was to put down a number of parliamentary questions uh, to the Minister for Education just on what other supports we give these fee-paying schools outside of salary. And we can argue over and back about the salary thing. Mm. Um, and when we were in government, what we did was we increased the pupil-teacher ratio on fee-paying schools so they had less entitlement to the same staffing numbers as, as mainstream schools had. But I discovered that last year they paid 3.6 million in, as you said, building works for fee-paying schools. Now, I think anybody who sends their, school, sends their child to a school who needs building work, I do a lot of work in that area myself, I spend a huge amount of time uh, dealing with particularly in disadvantage. There's a school in my own constituency, Gwed Colostra Rockran, who have been campaigning for decades for, for building a, a permanent uh, building for themselves. And then we discover that 3.6 million has been spent on a sector that is well able to finance itself. They have a fee structure which is designed to, you know, uh, uh, to provide whatever they want to provide. Uh, I don't have an issue with that. Uh, I think long term we probably have to withdraw that support over a period of time so that we have an equal paying playing field for, for everybody in Irish education. But when it comes to the building works, that 3.6 million, uh, I think that is inexcusable. I don't think it can be uh, defended. Uh, and I think the minister needs to have a new approach to the fee paying sector uh, to encourage them to come into the fee, the fee system. But certainly when it comes to those extra supports outside salaries, I think mm. it needs to end. It does, um, what was revealed to you in response to the question, it, it does fly in the face of that logic that has been presented on this show and elsewhere in defence of the fee paying system that, you know, children of the state all children of the state entitled to their education and to satisfy that entitlement, we will pay the teachers, but we will go no further. All the bells and whistles, that's what your fees are paying for. Mm. Turns out the state are also paying for some of the bells and whistles. Well, historically, a huge, you know, there was far more uh, schools that were pre the 1960s in the fee paying scheme. Uh, and then a lot of them withdrew from the scheme after Donald O'Malley and that announcement at that, in that period of time. And so this is, we're dealing with a legacy issue. And so, you know, I have sympathy for the mathematical arg- argument, apart from the morals of it, of or the political argument uh, of supporting teachers' salaries in fee-paying schools. I was sympathetic to the argument that you know you'd have to justify, particularly when things are are straightened, having to spend more on these schools if we were to withdraw the support and they came into the free system. What I don't support and can't support is that when we have 
a system which is creaking. We have so many schools that have had their building projects suspended. You remember the number of schools last year? There was a controversy over that. Uh, there's always a school in every constituency that is, you know, has difficulty, has, has uh, you know, the pandemic really exposed this. And there are schools that have copious amounts of money, uh, endless resources, who, who charge large fees for whatever reason they continue to do so. And yet you still get the state uh, support. And I just don't think that can that can be uh, justified. 3.6 million, you might say, in, a, in, a, in a, an overall budget of 10 billion isn't a lot, but it's 3.6 million that isn't being spent elsewhere. Uh, should the government continue to fund those uh, capital projects that they have committed to? Or should they withdraw all funding immediately? Well, no, I think if you've committed to a, to, to a, to a capital project, I think you're going to have to see it through, but they shouldn't have committed to it in the first place. I think we just have, a, have, to, have to have a proper investigation of a relationship with the state. I feel that this sector has a huge amount of power. And, and if you like, I, I've seen at first hand the type of lobbying that this fee-paying sector engages in. And I'll give you an example of that. So when the um, admission the admission to school bill came forward in 2018, what went under the radar, because it was the heavy emphasis was on the baptism barrier, mm. but under the radar was a section within that bill that permitted schools to allow 25% of their intake to be the children and grandchildren of past pupils. Now that was put in at, at the behest of the fee-paying sector because they wanted the capacity for fundraising to remain within their schools. They wanted this royal bloodline of succession. So if you are, if your father or grandfather or mother or grandmother uh, went to the school, you've more of a right to attend that school. And the power they had in their lobbying capacity to get this over the line mm. and for it to, be, to remain the way it is. And I've tried to delete this by, by, by legislative amendments. I've tried to engage with the minister to try and get this removed from the bill because it's in, plainly elitist. And I can't get anywhere because it's quite clear to me that this sector and the power they wield uh, and the people who went to these schools are incredibly powerful in Irish society. They are incredibly powerful. They wield an awful lot of, of influence in Irish society, people who went to these schools and that emotional sort of attachment they still have towards those schools. So if you engage in this debate with the fee-paying sector, the private school sector, mm. you are opening up yourself to a huge amount of criticism uh, and an awful lot of kickback. And I've, that's been my experience. But we can't genuinely justify in a scenario when these are... Schools are, are charging exorbitant fees uh, when they already get uh, salary support from the state, when other yeah. schools are struggling, that we still pay millions of euro a year towards their building costs when they can tap into fundraising capacities that other schools just don't have. I mean, I know, I mean, I go around desh schools and I, I talk to the challenges that these principles have when families are literally falling apart, where you have intergenerational dysfunction, when you have intergenerational poverty. And then you learn through parliamentary question that the fee paying sector got 3.6 million to do up their, their buildings that they could easily tap into other sources of funding. If you're outside the state system, mm. good luck to you. And off you go and have fun. But don't come cap in hand to the state when you need to do up your buildings. Over how many years should the state wind down the support for teacher salaries? I think we need to engage in a conversation around that. I mean, there's, there's been a, a promise of a, of a Citizens' Assembly in education, which I know in Irish politics is the answer to everything, but I think we have to have a root and branch understanding, a re-understanding of why we separate so many children on the basis of gender, on the basis of religion, and on the basis of income. Mm. In a republic, we are far too quick to separate children. We separate children on the basis of gender more than any other school in, or, or country in Europe. 
uh, we separate children on the basis of religion uh, at a huge, you know, at something that just doesn't make sense anymore, considering the demographic changes and the uh, and the societal changes. And certainly, when it comes to income, it doesn't make any sense to me that we would still have this relationship with the fee-paying sector. So I think if you went into a process of 10, 15 years, if you encouraged these schools to come into the system, if you had every every child in the stage attending on the same basis and understanding each other's different backgrounds, mm. I think everybody uh, everybody in society would benefit from this. But it's not trying to have a class war. Yeah. It's just trying to have fair play. And I think if you were in a school system or in a school community, which is crying out for the prefabs to be replaced or for a, a, a building to be enhanced or toilets to be to be restructured or whatever. And you learn that these schools that have so much other for, uh, sources of income to tap into mm. are getting the state support. It'll annoy you and it'll justifiably annoy you. When, when you talk about kind of class war, it, it, you know, people are pointing out the and, and you've addressed it already, the issue of, of fee paying schools moving over into the public sector if you mm. withdraw all of that funding mm. um, and it ultimately being a, a greater burden on the state. Now, you might say, listen, fine, that's a burden we should take on our shoulders as a state, you know, to provide that education for those people. Some people are suggesting some schools might just go the other way and, and they, they remain completely private. And they, they already do that. Teachers the, themselves. There are, are fee-paying primary schools that get zero state support. Okay, and they they do exist in the system. Some of them they can have. Should we allow them to exist? Why? I mean, look, if you want to do that, you're entitled to do that. There's no constitutional impediment to do that. If if it's just like free schooling or homeschooling, I should say, if a parent uh, is you know wants to send their child to to a certain uh, school uh, under a certain patronage. Um, that wants to run the school a particular way and they want to charge fees, that's fine. Um, but the state has a value system when it comes to education. It has to be rooted in equality. It has to be rooted in what is fair for everybody. Uh, and I think when it comes to the state's resources, they have to be funneled into those mm. schools that have no other sources of income, you know, who have, can't tap into these vast sums that may be available to them in, in terms of the parent body. And we have to break this link, by the way, between money and education, because far too many discussions, and you'll know this, uh, and most people listening to will know this, when it comes to September, all, uh, sorry, a huge number of discussions when it comes to going back to school, regardless of what, child, what school your child goes to, it's about money. Paying for books, paying for uniforms, paying for the voluntary contribution. And those conversations are replacing a conversation about child development, education, and, and things that we really should be talking about. Uh, excellence in education, uh, 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 academic uh, achievement. And so this, this, this toxic link between money uh, and education really has to be broken. And what we need to do here is that the minister needs to make a commitment. She can, she can fulfil those agreements that she's gone into with these fee-paying schools. I don't mm. think we can break those agreements. But into the future, we certainly should not be paying for building projects and fee-paying schools. And we should lessen the connection and the relationship that the department has with these schools and encourage more of them to come into the free system. And we can do that by disproportionately increasing their pupil-teacher ratio, as we have done in the past. Eon Rudon, Labour Spokesperson for Education. Uh, thank you very much uh, for joining us here on the show. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.